We're changing things up this week to mark the end of summer, running some of our favorite conversations we've had since the show began. Our first interview today is with Tan and Bobby from Netflix's Queer Eye. Plus, we talked to columnist Manny Fidel about the idea of white savior movies. The date, September 4th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey everyone, I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Okay, it's time for a trip down memory lane. Each day this week, we have been bringing you two of our favorite News O'Clock conversations. First up today is an interview from June with the wonderful Tan France and Bobby Burke from the hit show Queer Eye on Pride During a Pandemic and a pivotal year of Black Lives Matter. Today, we are so excited to have hosts and stars of Queer Eye, Tan France and Bobby Burke on the show with us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hi, love. So the fifth season of Queer Eye just dropped a couple of weeks ago. Have you guys done anything special to celebrate it? Uh, <laughs> has it been a few weeks already? Um, no, I mean, we, we've been quarantined still, so haven't been able to see anybody, but we've just been binging the season and enjoying it and, you know, texting each other about it, but that's about it. Fair enough. So Tan, you focus on fashion on the show. Fashion is constantly shifting though. Are there any trends from your first season that you're already looking back at? Like, I can't believe we were doing that. Not necessarily trends French talk. Yeah. <laughs> that's around to stay forever um no that's um... I, the second, the second, I posted pictures of my wedding from 2012 the other day yeah. and one of the most comments was people like i can't believe tan let you get married without a french talk i'm like look 2012 ah. didn't know each other then <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i uh, uh, there's nothing that we ever do that's super super trendy and i try and avoid it because i don't want it to age out too much um so no ask me again in like three years i'm sure I'll have a different answer. But for right now, the answer is no. Okay, but what's the new French talk? There is, there. I mean, <laughs> there might be like a Spanish talk. Let's see. Well, <laughs> the the Grecian talk. Yeah. It's, where oh, yeah. whole, it's where you tuck a whole sheet in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so quarantine has been wild for people. So a question for each of you. First, Tan, what have you been wearing while in lockdown? Do stylish people like you just wear sweatpants in quarantine? And <laughs> Tan just stood up on the Zoom call that we're recording this on and showed off his shorts. Um, I've been oh, wearing yep. sweatshorts a lot. Actually, so for Zoom calls, if I'm not on Zoom calls for longer than an hour, I'll usually mm. wear something that I would wear if I was in any other interview. So I have worn a suit, but a much softer one with um, elasticated waist. So it's a mm-hmm. lot more casual. Um, but yeah, I, I have, I'm not going to lie. I've been in sweats a lot. And there's no shame in that, but I do, I have been making an effort because I hate mm-hmm. looking in the mirror and thinking, Oh, you look horrible. Like I want to at least mm-hmm. think, okay, I've, I've made it. Uh, I look nice at least. Well, who's standing in front of you when you're looking in the mirror then? Because <gasps> how could you ever say that when seeing yourself? Charmer. He's, mm. he's all charm, this one. All charm. <laughs> so Bobby, for you, uh, what is the biggest thing that people can do for the spaces that they're in while we've been staying inside so much? What should people look to shift if they haven't yet already? I mean, now's the perfect time to declutter. To get rid of things that you don't need, to get rid of things you can donate, to really to have the time to think about, you know, organizing. And if that's if that's scary to you, you know, start with your junk drawer in your in your kitchen. We've all got that junk drawer where oh my God. everything gets thrown. Uh, that's a, that's a small little accomplishment you can do. But once you do that one little accomplishment, you're like, oh, I can I can take on these cabinets now, and now oh, I can do the living room. So start small. Start with your junk drawer. 
as I feel alive after I've organized nail polish. I'm like, <laughs> look at me go. <laughs> so, Tan, you just got U.S. citizenship last week. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you um, so much. Citizenship can be something that's complicated for a lot of reasons. How do, how do you feel now? Um, it was very it was very complicated <laughs> yep. for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I felt I felt really relieved. It took me um, 20 years from the the time mm-hmm. I decided I wanted to go for it. Um, so yeah, relief more than anything. And just uh, I, I just feel a sense of security knowing that nobody can kick me out. I'm home. Mm-hmm. Aww. All right. As I'm sure you guys know, this Monday, the Supreme Court decided on an historic LGBTQ uh, case that guarantees that employees cannot be fired from their jobs for their sexuality or gender identity. What were your reactions when you saw that news? Uh, quite honestly, Bobby, you can answer this, but I want to say this. I was shocked that it was still even a thing. It is 2020. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how that was even a thing still. Bobby, that's all I had to say. <laughs> um, growing up in one of those states that at one point had those protections and at the state level removed them, um, which was Missouri, uh, I wasn't surprised at all to find out that it was only 26 states, sadly. Um, so many of our quote-unquote laws that are supposed to be separate from church and state are not. You know, They're based on very warped religious beliefs and you know, I was very, very grateful and, and shocked, honestly, especially in this climate in this day and age with the justices that are sadly leading our country right now. I was surprised it, it went the way it went. You know, I was pleasantly surprised. That being said, there were still three chief justices who think that companies should have the right to fire you just for who you are. Um, so it's, it's a positive thing, but it's also a wake up call that, you know, it just barely made it. So right now it's Pride Month, but between the coronavirus and the Black Lives Matter protests that have been the country's focus, it's definitely been different than normal. Do you have any thoughts on how our community can be finishing out the month? Yeah, I I think that our community should be finishing out the Pride Month by marching right alongside with Black Lives Matter, because if it wasn't for people of color, if it wasn't for black trans women starting the Pride fight, starting the fight for equality, starting that riot at Stonewall, we wouldn't be marching in a parade. We wouldn't be married. So uh, we can combine every year. That is absolutely fine with me. Every year until we no longer have to march. That was literally what I was about to say. So say So I'm glad that you bring up Stonewall because last year was the 50th anniversary of the riots. This year would have been the 50th anniversary of the Pride March. So if you both can just speak a little on what does Stonewall mean to you guys when you hear that invoked these days? When I was younger, it was different for me because um, uh, obviously, I, although I'm now American, I was uh, raised in the UK. Um, and so I didn't know what Stonewall was until I moved here. Um it, 11, 12 years ago. Um, and now it just, for me, it, was, it symbolizes one thing. Um, before June 28th, um, when Stonewall happened, um, the, the rights for LGBTQ people, um, in particular the trans community, uh, they had no rights. They had no rights like they have today. And even now we're in no position that we should be in. It should be even more equal. But that's a time when things changed and we started to see, to see a shift in this nation. Um, but the work has not been completed. As we just said, um, it was only a few days ago uh, when uh, the workplace law changed. It, it's shocking to think that 
this massive pivotal moment happened 51 years ago, and yet 51 years later, we're still fighting for basic human rights. And so, yes, it was wonderful, and everything that Marsha P. Johnson and the people that surrounded her achieved was fantastic and it was monumental, but that doesn't mean that it ended there. So... I actually have one last question. I'm going to try and lighten things up really quickly just to end on a bit of a more of a ah, note. I've had this question in my head for a while now. And since it's just the two of you, you can answer honestly. If you could steal the job of anyone on the show who is not on this call right now and make their gig yours, whose would it be? Anthony. Anthony, you would take it. You would take yeah, over yeah. food. Yeah, I think him and I would both switch with each other. Yeah, because we've had we've had this we've had this conversation with each other many a times. Really? Um, so yeah, Anthony is a very very talented designer as well. Like he has impeccable taste. Not that Tanny doesn't, um, <laughs> but yeah, fashion. Mm. Tan tells me all the time I suck at it, so I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so Tan, how about you? Um, who, who, whose job would you steal? Uh, um, Jonathan's without a doubt. The mm. funny thing is when I auditioned for Queer Eye, we had this audition uh, like um, party the night before. It was a cocktail thing. And we all had these little name badges and it had a colored sticker on which represented which category you were auditioning for. Anyway, mm. mine was under my jacket. I forgot that I had it on my shirt. So I put my jacket on and people just assumed I was there for grooming, like I was the grooming guy. Um, and so first of auditions, people just assumed I wasn't, I wasn't a threat to them at all. Remember the beginning? <laughs> no one, no one ever guessed our categories, right? Everyone always thought that you were grooming Karama with fashion. Mm. And then it was always a mix up of the other three of us. Well, Tan, Bobby, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so fun. Thanks for having us. Of course. Thanks for having us guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Tan and Bobby for joining us. Keep an eye out for season six of Queer Eye sometime next year. And when we come back, we'll be talking to Manny Fidel on the white savior complex in movies. So stick around. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes, reveal the truth behind the legendary game True American, and discuss how the show got made with the writers, guest stars, and directors who made the show so special. Fans have been begging us to do a New Girl recap for years, and we finally made a podcast where we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, each week you'll hear hilarious stories like this. At the end when he says, you got some Schmidt on your face, I feel like I pitched that joke. I believe that. Whoa. I feel like I did. I'm not a thousand percent. I want to say that was, I, I, I tossed that one out. Listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL fans, nothing compares to being there live. What a play! Now the 
crowd is alive. And the NFL's biggest season ever is now ready for the postseason. It's playoff time. We got to win. NFL playoff tickets are on sale now. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the postseason action on the road to Super Bowl 56. Visit NFL.com slash tickets for a complete listing of games. That's NFL.com slash tickets. Welcome back. For our second interview today, we're talking to Business Insider columnist Manny Fidel. Manny talked to us in June about why he thinks white savior movies are really not what we need right now. It's 2020 and the world is grappling with systemic racism and police brutality in a way it really hasn't before. A lot of people have turned to films as a way to understand the history of racism, but today's guest is cautioning viewers to steer clear from a certain kind of movie that's trending right now, the white savior film. Today we're talking to Manny Fidel, a video producer at Insider who created a viral video called How White Savior Films Like The Help and Green Book Hurt Hollywood. Hi, Manny. Thanks for joining us. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. So first, for people who may not know, what is a white savior film exactly? And can you give us a couple of examples? Yeah, for sure. So the white savior is a trope in filmmaking, and it is typically obviously a white character who saves a person of color from their troubles. And those troubles are uh, things that the person of color cannot save themselves from. So they need this outside support. Um, And some examples of that uh, would be movies like To Kill a Mockingbird, which is about a white lawyer who defends a black man from fabricated charges. Um, Lawrence of Arabia, which is about a British lieutenant who acts as a liaison for the Arab National Council in the Middle East. Um, Then there's like civil rights stuff with Mississippi Burning, which is a story about uh, missing civil rights activists and the white agents who are tasked to find them. Um, and then my, one of my favorite examples is Glory, which is, uh, uh, salute. Which, is <laughs> <laughs> which is my favorite example, because in the end, the white savior doesn't actually save anyone. Like he leads <laughs> everyone to their deaths at the end of the movie. So it's just kind of funny. So obviously a lot of issues here, but what do you think it says that The Help is one of the top trending movies on Netflix at a moment like this? So this video I made is actually from last year when Green Book won the uh, won the best picture. So I made it back then and I resurfaced it today because when I saw that um, the help was trending, I li- I laughed so hard because <laughs> this is like in the wake of George Floyd's uh, murder, you know, in the pursuit of justice. Uh, we've seen, I've seen personally, like some white colleagues who are down for the cause and everything, but in terms of action are just kind of doing like, the bare minimum. And to me, this isn't that the help is trending is very um, indicative of that. It's like, Oh my God, like there's a national crisis and my part in helping this is, is booting up Netflix and like (laughs) picking this, like this white savior movie. Um, So, yeah. We know that the way these stories are depicted aren't even accurate to history. So why do you think white savior movies keep getting made? That's uh, such an interesting point because in Hidden Figures, the character played by Kevin Costner like does not exist in real life. So this this story is about uh, these women, these black women who are helping with NASA, and they created um, Kevin Costner's character to kind of 
drive this story along. Um, I think it's, I think this keeps happening because it's a matter of comfort, I think for the white writers and also for their audience. So there's this kind of, um, so there's this notion that there's a, an interesting story about people of color, right? And for the white writers, it, that story isn't worth telling unless the mode of transportation in that narrative is someone that audiences who are predominantly white will relate to or sympathize with. Um, and that's just unfortunate because we've, there are obviously a, a plethora of movies that are centered around uh, people of color that white people can also watch and relate to and, and sympathize with like moonlight one best picture and, you know, crazy rich Asians was critically acclaimed. So it only takes one of those movies to dispel the notion that we need a white character to tell these stories. Um, but they just keep popping up, I think, because of how comfortable it is. So on the flip side from, you know, the white savory movies, we have the magical Negro films, oh, like you yes. know, the legend of Bagger Vance. And I mean, to some degree, the help where black people swoop in to solve all the problems of some nice white people. Are those films any better in your eyes than the white savior films? Uh, if I had to rank them, so they're both bad. <laughs> if I had to rank it, I think white savior films are worse, but magical Negro films are also bad because both what both of these like genre, both of these tropes do is um, they kind of imply that there isn't like racism isn't that bad today. So viewers leave the theater thinking like, oh my God, like I'm so glad it's not like that anymore. And it's just way easier for viewers to think that things are okay and like that was in the past and the pattern that's not happening now so what are some movies that people should actually be watching right now so um in my video i made the point that you know the same year that green book won the best picture there was also a uh, black klansman that was nominated and it's not that you know it's not like my favorite movie ever but it's just the case that where green book didn't have a ton of insightful things to say at least black Klansman was like tying the bigotry and hate uh of that time to today with the america first thing and kind of um shedding light on issues that we have today and obviously it's centered around a black man who's pretending to be white so it's like kind of a nice uh flipping of that trope um and yeah there's like there's just so many movies like black Klansman that shed light on that kind of stuff and and there's tons of like resources for people to figure out what which one of these movies they should be watching because if your goal is to um learn more about like racial struggles in america it doesn't make a whole ton of sense to watch a movie like the help which is written by white people so it's like what are we what are you really going to learn by watching that you're going to learn that White people actually do help black people, period. That is what you're going to learn by watching these films. Yeah. Manny, thank you so much for joining us today and breaking it all down for us like this. Absolutely. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us for a week of our favorite interviews. We'll be back with a brand new show after the holiday weekend on Tuesday. Brand spanking new. News O'Clock is produced by Dan Bowza, Alan Haberchak, Mandy Reeder, and Sierra Tall. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Mangesha Tikiter, Samantha Hinnick, Patrick McMiniman, and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. The 
the NFL is back, and the NFL app has you covered. So get ready for football all season long and just tap into the NFL app. NFL, baby, let's make it happen. Just tap in to watch your local and primetime games all season, now through Super Bowl 56. For the end zone, touchdown! Get up-to-the-minute news, videos, highlights, stats, and more on all your favorite teams and rookies to watch. Welcome to the NFL. Download to your mobile device today at NFL.com slash mobile or in your app store. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. Give us your attention, we need everything you got fast Waiting on reparations, we be the illest podcast Tune in every Thursday, politics and wordplay We fight for the people cause they got us in the worst way From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye From the left enclave to what the neocons say Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation And break us off with some bread cause we waiting on reparations Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 